And good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly here on 670 The Score. It's our weekly program inside the world of sports medicine. My name is Steve Cashel, radio host of the Chicago Bulls. My usual co-host is Dr. Brian Cole, head team physician with the Chicago Bulls. But sitting in this week and so proud to have him, Dr. Nick Verma. He is the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox and orthopedic surgeon, sports medicine specialist from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Dr. Nick, how are you? I'm great, Steve. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to be here. I appreciate it. We've done many shows together in the past, and uh, so great that uh, you could be sitting in this week. We really appreciate it. Uh, First topic, Dr. Nick Verma. Uh, It's amazing, and I know Dr. Cole and I talk about this quite often, how science has evolved in the landscape of sports medicine, especially over the last 5, 10 years. But I want to talk specifically about allografts. Explain to us what an allograft is and how it's changed in uh, your practice. So, Steve, allografts are uh, basically donor tissue, and we use them in a variety of uh, ways, particularly for dealing with difficult orthopedic conditions. We use them to reconstruct soft tissue, so ligament reconstructions. We use them to reconstruct bone. For example, when a patient has a tumor and has to have a portion of the bone removed, and we use them to reconstruct cartilage. So in situations where patients have early arthritis, but we're trying to salvage the knee or prevent a knee replacement is a good one. And, um, you know, they really have become vital to the way we practice orthopedic sports medicine today. They're they're an integral use of uh, um, the ability to have tissue available to reconstruct situations where we don't have to go to a patient's own body uh, to get the tissue that we need. And most of these are from cadavers? They're they're all from donors, um, and they're all from deceased donors. um, And then there are a variety of different grafts. The vast majority of them are frozen, which means they don't have living cells. They have Mm -hmm. the building blocks of bone or collagen, which is soft tissue. But in some cases, we do use fresh or live grafts, particularly when we want to reconstruct cartilage surfaces, and we need that living cartilage tissue. Okay, let's bring on our next guest. Uh, He is the Chief Business Development Officer from Community Tissue Services. Tell us more about the allograft tissue in sports medicine, how it functions today, and how it will function in the future. Let's bring on Chris Graham. Chris, uh, thanks so much for joining us here on Sports Medicine Weekly here on 670 The Score on this uh, Saturday morning. Uh, First of all, tell us your role with the organization. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. My role at the organization is really to find innovative solutions that positively impact the patients uh, while maximizing the gift of donation. I've been in this industry for about 15 years, and it's always changing. It's, it's never been something that, that's been stagnant, that's for sure. All right, Chris, what types of advancements uh, do you see with technology and, and sports coming? You know, coming up, there's, there's a lot of talk with 3D printing. Um, there's a lot of uh, talk out there about even growing organs and tissues to be customized. Uh, a lot of what we do today is finding solutions that help surgeons in the OR and also patients to find quicker solutions uh, to healing. And a lot of what we're focused on is, is also saving time in that OR. You know, at $62 a minute, it can be pretty expensive. So if we can save some some time there with making graphs that are all ready to go once once they arrive to the hospital for surgery. That saves a lot of time for the patients and uh, ultimately the insurance. Chris, this is Dr. Verma. You know, um, obviously you and I understand the value of these graphs and what they help us to do in a surgical setting. But many times when I suggest to a patient that we're going to use donor tissue in this way, there's some concerns that they have, and rightfully so, about safety and disease transmission and those types of things. Can you talk about how this field is now regulated and, and uh, how we do with safety and the use of uh, donor tissue? Sure. 
you know, I've had to talk my only my own family members into allograph. That you know, it's one of those industries where until that surgeon tells you you need an allograph, it doesn't really cross your radar. The industry's been around for over 30 years. It it goes through a, a lot of quality checks, and the FDA uh, watches it closely, and then the American Association of Tissue Banks is a governing body uh, that that looks and audits all the tissue banks around the United States uh, that are accredited. So there's a lot that goes into it. Um, it's it's not just happening, you know, in in, in weird situations. It it's one of those things that's highly regulated. Visiting again with uh, Chris Graham from Community Tissue Services here on Sports Medicine Weekly, talking about allograft tissue in sports medicine, how it functions today, and a little bit more, if you can, Chris, about the innovation part and where it's going. It's going a lot of different places. You know, that's the billion-dollar question. There's a lot of people uh, looking for that that next big thing, and it's it's going places that you never thought 10, 15, 20 years ago that it could. Uh, many times grafts were frozen, and, and now there's a lot of cells that are being preserved, and grafts are being transplanted, not necessarily in frozen condition, but on wet ice where the cells can rejuvenate and, and uh, incorporate much quicker. Chris, you know, we've, we've talked about the patient side, obviously, and some of the questions that they have, but the other side of the equation that uh, Steve touched on at the beginning, introduction, is the donor side, right? At the end of the day, these grafts need to come from uh, a donor individual. Can you talk about uh, the fact that most people probably don't recognize that these grafts are being used unless you've had one or had an orthopedic injury that's required one? So what's required of a donor, and, and um, are we seeing that uh, donor uh, education and um, response to tissue donation is improving? Yeah, with, with different media outlets, uh, a lot of work's been done to broadcast the need for organ and tissue donation. There's probably a little over 3 million uh, procedures performed each year that require an allograft. And when you think about it, that's a lot. And that comes from a lot of different donors and families that have to make that sacrifice. I got into this industry um, when I was 21. One of my roommates uh, was basically killed in a car accident and was a tissue donor. And, you know, at 21, you think you're invincible, and when you go through something like that, it really changes your perspective on life. Again, visiting with Chris Graham, Community Tissue Services. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Nick Verma this week, subbing for Dr. Brian Colitz, Sports Medicine Weekly. Uh, Dr. Verma, when you're discussing an allograft situation with one of your patients, uh, describe that. You know, how, how does it get into, hey, we're looking for an, you know, an organ donor, uh, you're going to need something rather than a piece of your own body, right? Yeah, absolutely. So in many cases, um, there are alternate options available. So let's take an ACL reconstruction as an example. Yeah. We can use your own tissue, which would include either your hamstring or commonly what we do in professional athletes is the patellar tendon. But there's a downside to using your own tissue, right? There's the morbidity of the harvest. There's the fact that we have to change your own anatomy. This in, uh, can create increased complication risks, longer recovery times. So for somebody like you or I, Steve, we're really, although we want to be active and we want to get back to sports, we also prioritize recovery time, ability to get back to work, taking care of our family, our kids, all the things that we have to do in the real world. And so that's where an allograph can often be very useful in terms of speeding up that initial recovery for somebody who's got other aspects of life they need to take care of. Um, the biggest question that I get when we suggest allograft tissue is people automatically start thinking, well, this is like a liver transplant or a kidney transplant. Right. I need to be matched to the donor. I need to be on medications lifelong. There's a potential for rejection. 
And for the vast majority of cases, I would say 99-plus percent, we're either using frozen grafts where there's really no cellular tissue, um, but we're looking for the collagen matrix to help rebuild soft tissue or the bone matrix to help rebuild bone, um, in which case there's no immune re re reaction that really happens. So there's no need for the medications, et cetera. There are some cases, as uh, Chris mentioned, where we are looking for cells, um, primarily in the, in the orthopedic world. That's where we're looking for cartilage. And because cartilage doesn't see a significant blood supply, cartilage is privileged in a way. And so even though you have living cells and cartilage that come from a donor, it doesn't create an immune reaction within your body. So I think that for us, it's a process of education. I tell patients there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? So any graft that you choose, whether it's from yourself or your donor, is going to have upsides and downsides. And it's choosing what option fits you best in terms of both the success rates and the complication profiles associated with it. So, Dr. Vermer, when you're doing, let's say, a transplant needed on a professional athlete, are you looking for a specific mm -hmm. donor type? I mean, could it be a 10-year-old a girl or does it need to be – are you aware of where the donor came from or what kind of uh, body type they had? So it's a great question. I think in most cases, again, what we're looking for is that collagen matrices – and as Chris can probably touch on, there are some criteria that all of these tissue banks use in terms of age cutoffs that allow for a graft to become uh, in place. Mm -hmm. We look more for not necessarily the age or the, the, let's call it the biology of the host, meaning were they an athlete, were they not an athlete. We really look for is the match correct in terms of length of a graft or thickness of a graft or size of a cartilage graft. And, you know, I think, again, when we think about the professional world, really what we're trying to do for the professional guys is minimize variables to maximize outcome, right? We want to take out as many variables as we can from the equation that may predict outcome, which is why for the majority of our professional athletes, they get their own tissue. It's just one less variable about how they may biologically react to donor tissue. Um, but in cases where they need cartilage or other situations where we just can't use their own tissue, um, we have pretty good success with using uh, donor tissue as well, and we just look for the match based on what we need it for. Well, again, that's Dr. Nick Verma, head team physician with the Chicago White Sox from Midwest Orthopedics Rush. I'm Steve Cashel at Sports Medicine Weekly. We're talking about allografts and uh, tell the allograft tissue in sports medicine, how it functions today and its future. And let's go back to Chris Graham once again. He is with the uh, Community Tissue Services uh, division. And um, again, Chris, uh, let me ask you, what kind of graphs, graphs are helping people today? What are you seeing? You know, there's a lot of advancements. It started off with uh, what doctor mentioned with ACLs. Now there's MCLs and PCL reconstructions. There's a lot of uh, foot and ankle procedures that are being accomplished with allografts. These are bone grafts, not just your soft tissue, which is your, your collagen matrix. Um, and just like the doctor mentioned, you know, tissue grafts are, un it's, it's, un it's an unusual industry where in organs, you've got about five years to transplant uh, a tissue graft with, I'm sorry, an organ graft with tissue. It can be four to five years of, sh of the shelf life with, with deep freezing um, or freeze-dry lyophilized preservation methods. So a lot of different options that weren't around years ago. Great stuff. All right, Chris, we appreciate you joining us, uh, kind of making people more aware. And, Doc, I think that's what this show is all about, right? I mean, you know, I'm learning things every day, but our listeners are always asking for, for you know, the new, newest and best things in medicine, even though these things have been around for 30 years, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what's great is these are the questions that people come in with when they're in the office. And so to be able to educate them uh, on the air is fantastic. All right, Chris Graham, thanks so much for joining us. Continued success with Community Tissue Services out of Dayton, Ohio.
We're going to take a break right now on Sports Medicine Weekly. And when we return, we're going to hear from five-time Olympic swimmer Dara Torres talking about the Olympic experience, also going to tell us about the Chicago Sports Summit coming in less than a month to Chicago. So stay with us. Dr. Nick Verma, Steve Cashel here at Sports Medicine Weekly, only on 670 The Score.